welcome to today's podcast. The topic for today is a review of 2022 and some potentially controversial predictions for 2023. So you're kicking us off, Diane, today, aren't you? 2022. Tell us about it. Yeah, it was quite a year, wasn't it? So um, supposedly COVID was over, but not quite. Um, But yeah, lots of uh, things that were affecting the cleaning industry. I suppose one of the number one issues seems to have been recruitment. It's still been incredibly difficult to recruit and there's lots of reasons for that aren't there yeah and it hasn't been just the cleaning industry it's been and it was interesting when you went to Paris wasn't it and talked at the European Forum it's happening across Europe but I was talking to someone in America it's happening across America too but go on I'll let you talk again what yeah and I think you know it's always been hard to recruit you know it's never been the easiest thing and it's always something you have to really focus on and I've talked to people about this where I've gone well actually how much recruiting have you actually spent you know how much time have you spent recruiting well not much because I don't like it so you do have to actually do it to to make it work it's never going to be easy but there have been some external things that have been causing problems and like you said it's not just the UK cleaning industry it's the UK um, economy it's worldwide it's europe wide it's recruitment is seems to be difficult in lots of industries and hospitality i think has had a massive effect on the cleaning industry because the hospitality industry has been on its knees but it's also been been struggling to recruit so it is now fishing in our pond um, and taking as many of our what would have been our potential recruits hasn't it yeah so if they've got the choice do you want to go and work in a bar doing the hours you want to do or do you want to come and do pack breaking cleaning Oh, I guess which one I'll pick like yeah. you know you can understand and I think a lot of us blamed Brexit I say us I'm not sure I was including that but a lot of people blamed Brexit but it happened across Europe too so you know can't really blame Brexit maybe we can it definitely made things turbulent I think so I think Brexit was kind of happening at the same time as Covid so it's kind of hard to separate the two but because we know that mainland Europe is suffering the same problems we kind of think, is it COVID that's caused a lot of this? But I think the reality is that COVID made a lot of people leave the hospitality industry particularly. Um, and therefore, they now have the massive recruitment issues because of that. And that causes us recruitment issues. But in reality, a lot of people left the cleaning industry as well. A lot of self-employed cleaners did not get any government support for whatever reason. And they left the industry. So that has caused issues because that meant that the demand is not being met. So, um, yeah, it's caused challenges all around. It's great because it's caused demand. The demand was never met, though. Pre-COVID, we as an industry could not fulfill the demand. There was more demand than, than we could supply. And so post it's just ridiculous I've spent the last two years with hundreds of people on the waiting list like at a time a hundred people and um, it's a great time for startup businesses though definitely and I think probably you know I know that I started my business in 2008 as as you know we were mid credit crunch and there were big challenges there but there weren't the recruitment challenges so it's it's almost like we've got a double thing high demand but difficulty in recruiting means that yeah we can't we just cannot meet the demand but it is it's a great time to start because you can go from zero to you know quite a big business in a really fast pace of time if you can sell and if you can recruit but then there's a lot of people that are coming into it as always saying well actually I don't want to run a big business and what's nice now is prices I mean I was saying this three years ago I was like we're going to break 25 pounds an hour I can't believe that now we're going I've got no choice I'm going to break 30 next year because I can't run a business and operate like we're not talking massive profit margins breaking 30 pounds an hour a cleaner um but with the raise that we're expecting in minimum wage expecting it's happening it's not a guess um 
it's getting expensive and prices and we cannot not talk about the what do we call it at the moment the cost of living, cost of living crisis cost of living. yeah that's that's the media yeah cost of living crisis yeah it's, it's on every newscast isn't it and um, yeah and and that's the reality as well isn't it our costs have gone up as business owners so you know that that the, any inflation that is in the economy is affecting us as business owners as well, isn't it? The cost of um, fuel has gone up. It costs more just to wash our cloths, never mind to I travel think between houses. I think there's a lot of cleaning businesses out there that are ignoring the cost of um, gas, electric, the cost of washing cloths, the cost of chemicals that are going up. And I think that it's going to be a little bit of a shocker at the end of the year when tax returns they're coming in now aren't they diane i'm sure i've got to give one in on like the 4th of january Am I yeah, but they, they might not be seeing the effect of it because the ones that are being submitted now are up until april 22 so they might not have seen the full effect on their tax returns yet and yeah some people that don't manage their finances as they're going along and, and know what's going on in their business when they get to the end of the year they might be in for a shock when they realize how much the costs have gone up but we saw this so back in 20 2020 was it pre-covid i wrote the solo cleaners spreadsheet we called it yeah. that but really it was for people that weren't bringing into their mind the hidden costs and it kind of shook a lot of people up and at the time we were saying you cannot charge 10 pounds an hour you cannot make money and charge 20 10 pounds an hour and that was the main tool that we were using to say well look what are your costs it feels like that needs to come back in but almost be re-released with cost of living what is this really costing maybe i should do that let's revamp the whole tool i think that's a great idea yeah looking at current fuel and electric prices and things yeah it's it's going to have a big impact on that and maybe make a few people realize that if they're at the lower end of the pricing are they actually making any money and well even at the higher end if you look at what like i look at our cost we were charging we were charging we were paying 200 pounds a month for electricity and gas utilities and then it doubled and then um the business that we were using i won't name them but they went bust and then we got automatically transferred to the big one and it doubled again to yeah. 800 pounds a month and of course that happened so fast like that's gone from 200 to 800 we didn't put prices up during that time so when i'm saying we're going to be hitting 30 we're going up from 26 to 30 i'm going well actually our costs have you know does it even cover our costs that have gone up yeah and that's why it's worth in any business it just pays so much to know the numbers doesn't it yeah so yeah, yeah. you've got to do you've got to redo that spreadsheet louise definitely i got to why does this yeah. happen i came on to do a nice podcast not rewrite another spreadsheet <laughs> <laughs> okay so let's back back to what's been driving it so 2022 what else did we see a massive massive increase in staycations and the the airbnb market if you like and that's caused huge demand in the cleaning industry as well so interesting that that wasn't necessarily 2022 that was 20 was prior wasn't it yeah that kicked in and then interestingly obviously we saw people move the houses move house to the countryside and what we're starting to see at the tail end of 2022 is actually people are going abroad the staycation is wavering a little bit i wonder in 2023 you know what will happen will we be going abroad 
you know, will we, we'll, oh, I don't know, are the strikes going to affect that, you know? So we've got border patrol, border control, haven't we, on strike at the moment and railways on strike. Yeah, who knows? But it, it's still having an effect, I think, on, on demand, certainly. I think it's probably tailed off, but maybe, you know, those that are, you know, and we, we, we don't do any changeover. It's not, it's just not part of our business model to do it. But I know a lot of people and a lot of our DCBM members have actually specialised in it, haven't they? And they're still seeing huge demand for what they were what they're calling a fully managed service so not just the cleaning and the laundry but some of the other things that go with it well there's a lot of accidental um holiday let owners aren't they what do you call them you know about this what do you call a holiday let owner L not landlords they're um there's something else aren't they like the people that own the holiday lets what are they called and help me out here <laughs> holiday let Holiday. well there's a lot of them that have almost gone into it accidentally they've invested their money and now they people invest in second properties second homes so they wanted their second home by the beach and they're like well i might as well let it out on airbnb and airbnb has allowed a lot of people to become holiday home owners that rent yeah. out yeah there's no, so a proper word for this isn't must there? Be a proper word yeah but also actually um there's, they're in the hospitality industry and, and some of them are accidentally in it, they haven't realised. But also what's happened in the private rental market is if you're a landlord of a single let property, for instance, you can't claim any mortgage relief anymore. So if you pay a mortgage of £500 a month and you get rent of £700 a month, you get taxed on the full £700, not the £200 difference. So that's meant a lot of landlords have sold. I think it's um, a quarter of a million landlords have sold in the last few years and left the private rental sector. Not that much, though, is it? Like It's, 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 still, it's still had a big impact on not just the private rental sector, but it's actually had an impact because what those landlords are doing, they might not be selling those that don't sell and might be switching to holiday let so they've become almost accidental holiday let owners because they were originally landlords and it's just not profitable for them anymore they're losing money so they're switching and renting their properties out on short lets instead well, on these airbnbs i looked at my house and we would get the same renting it out for a month as we get in one week why would you not if you don't like if you haven't got the risk if you're not paying a big mortgage then obviously the only reason you'd let it out long term and that's having a big impact on people and yeah and that has definitely driven for, for in the cleaning industry and what say what i'm seeing it doing now is people in the cleaning industry it's fantastic are now professionalizing that niche part of the industry under holiday lets which wasn't there before you know and i see in sort of property groups with these holiday let owners whatever we want to call them it must have a name saying i need a cleaner and i'm like you don't need a cleaner you need a housekeeper it's different you know because a clean a domestic cleaning business like mine if you rang me i'd be like i'm sorry no i'm not interested it's on saturday it's intermittent there's laundry don't i'm not interested in that business and the, it's a different kind of cleaning business it's still domestic cleaning but it's very specialized and it's a real it has been a real growth industry and i think those that have nailed it are going to continue to succeed and we've seen this we've had to introduce a new category this year in the awards for best holiday let why can't i think of the right words best holiday let cleaning company yeah um and so we've we've literally that's a new thing for this year and i think I think in the cleaning industry that will continue to grow through 2023 as um, the owners of the properties do not want to do their own cleaning. They they don't want to be there. So that's going to be a real growth industry. But I think we're going to see turbulence that like we talked about. Are people going to go back abroad? And we talked about the strikes. Every time we have strikes, every time we see any kind of turbulence in the economy, people get scared. I don't want to book a holiday because what if I can't fly? I don't want to book a holiday because what if I can't catch a train? And so Every time there's turbulence, what we see is more bookings in this country. Yes. So 
I think it's fairly safe. You know, if you own a caravan park right now, you're safe. Yeah, still. And it's I think maybe it's like any industry. If there's going to be there's so much more competition now in the whole of industry. So people that have been doing it for sort of 20 years are probably going, oh, no, all these new people have come into the industry. But you just have to have a really great, great product or service, don't you? A bit like with cleaning, a bit like well, they sell up because people want to buy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, somebody will buy it, buy it instead. And talking of buying, because we love property, you and I have obviously very different perspectives on this, but I think we can agree, finally, finally, house prices are going to go down. Are we going to agree on this? It, it definitely is looking like it, isn't it? Yeah. I don't think it'll go down everywhere, though. I think that in-demand areas will just stagnate for a while. Oh, good. Oh, good. So I live in one of them. So sorry about that. Yeah. And you're watching those house prices, praying that they're going to go down a little bit so you can buy. (laughs) No, not really. And then this brings us to the next point. So a lot of people, um, not emigrated, but moved to the countryside because they wanted a more balanced way of living. And obviously that's my dream. I don't know if I talk about it on a podcast, but, you know, we run Honey Company. Plug, should I give it a quick plug? Anyway. um, Is that the Manchester Honey Company? Manchester Honey Company. You want to have a look? We only sell locally, so don't try and buy if you don't live in Manchester. But anyway. um, uh, Yeah, so we want that balanced way of life. And so we want to move. We obviously live in South Manchester, very, very built up. And I want to have a more rural way of life and I think what we're starting to see in 2023 is one people are sort of coming back from the countryside because actually it's quite hard to live out there when you've lived in a um, town life but one of the other things that I've seen with this balance is actually people are really valuing this work-life balance and I've definitely seen that we've been recruiting younger cleaners and we only offer part-time roles and I go well why would you want a part-time job and they're going well I live at home they don't have kids, but they want this work-life balance. And that was quite alien to me because in my early 20s, I wanted to work as many hours as possible, but it's not what we're seeing now, is it? No, and I think it's really interesting whether, is it a post-COVID thing or is it the millennial generation thing? Is it, you know, because the millennials right now, I think they're aged between 27 and 40. So they're grown up, you know, so we've talked about the millennials for a while, but they're not who they were they're, they're grown-ups now they're starting families and you know, what's this next one is this gen x i'm not up to date on this what's the yeah, one so i'm gen x which is oh. the yeah so that's the previous one gen z is the new one yeah have we just missed y yeah they just missed it out yeah i don't think there was a, there was a, yeah and so it's, how old it's generation gen x, x then millennials then generation z apparently yeah. how old is gen z um well they're under 27 so i think they're 26 and under okay so but they do have a very different outlook and these are the booming market they want cleaners they're not doing it themselves there is no social pressure to do it themselves they're not doing it themselves no and I think that's the key thing with the millennials now is because they are they're grown up now they're starting families and they've got decent jobs and you know a lot of them are double income as well so yeah they're they are really driving demand um 100% I think that's going to be a certainly in 2023 and beyond it that's going to continue they want work-life balance they don't want to spend their weekends cleaning they understand the value of paying somebody to do something they don't want to do you know they're the delivery users they're the uber users they're the ones that want the convenience and they value it they, they yeah. want that they want an easier life but they're also ethically minded as well so they don't want to pay the big companies there are people that will say i'd rather pay double the price to not buy it off amazon so what we're seeing is a lot more ethical shopping in local businesses which obviously cleaning companies you know we fall right under so it's it's quite you know it's a booming market i think we're going to see in 2023 it will continue to boom 
And do you think that that generation will drive, you know, talk about, you know, they're the ones that are talking about climate change. Are they the ones that will drive a more eco way of cleaning, for instance? I know that eco cleaning has been around a long time, but are they the ones that are going to drive the demand for it? I think my opinion now, I've just spoken to someone this morning about it on eco cleaning, is it is so mainstream. Why would you not? It's it's almost more effort to not have some kind of eco product. But it's been really weird now. You now buy an eco product that has no safety data sheet, that has virtually no chemicals in it, that is carbon neutral, that is made from concentrate and all of these things. And you go, well, actually, 10 years ago, when microfiber cloths came in pre Mrs. Hinch and, and this big COVID push towards chemicals, we were already moving to no chemicals. 10 years ago, we were, you know, e-cloth existed with no chemicals and it's yeah. had this mind shift set away from it and now it feels like we're being sold a solution that we'd already developed now i'm going to sell you chemicals that don't really do a lot right because you feel like you need a chemical but we already 10 years ago would the industry was moving to no chemicals so i think i don't know I think it's a bit like uh, we've managed to move away from you know things don't need to smell of bleach to be clean i felt i feel like we we won we won that war Oh, um, but, but I feel it. now that may yeah it's still, it's still there a little bit but I think you know on the whole we won the war but then when we look at COVID people then want, oh I need a chemical solution everything so we kind of went backwards a little bit yeah and I think we saw the big rise of Zaflora and Fabulosa which again came in perfectly timed for them with COVID but now you know people still want the smells but I was talking to someone today and I was saying well you know you can have the chemicals the um, perfume free chemicals in your kitchen your bathroom healthier for you healthier, healthier for them if you want your strongly scented Zaflora your unicorn dust and all of that just do the floors which we you know so you can have the smell but we don't need to have it everywhere we don't need to risk the cleaners are we really risking if we mop the floor in some way with a heavily scented product you know we are if they've got pets or children <laughs> <laughs> yes but they shouldn't be walking across a wet floor but that's in the health and safety ones but whatever <laughs> Um, we'll come on to that on a different side. <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, we should. I mean, I'm being sent. Why am I being sent so many free samples at the moment? Are people sending. <laughs> we have got lots of suppliers that want to partner with the DCBN at the moment to offer to our members. And one of them said to me, Can I send you some free samples? I'm like, Send them to Louise. <laughs> <laughs> I've got, I've had like two, two great big boxes in the last two weeks and I love testing products, but I, so I sent them to one of our sites. It's really good. And I sent out some sachets and I'm loving these sachet development and um, we're definitely seeing more of those. Uh, but then this next box arrived from a different supplier and I'm going, I right. said, so we need to work on something to actually test suppliers because there's a lot of new suppliers coming up. Are they yeah, new? Or particularly, particularly the sachets, I think they're, they, you know, are they the latest here. shiny penny? I think that they're they're brilliant in terms of the storage is not an issue. The transport is not, not so much of an issue, is it? So it's a it's a it's a definitely a more eco way of providing cleaning products. Um, and yeah, so enjoy trying them out. I will do. I will do. It's just a bit annoying because what they do is they send me sachets. Now, these ones have been good. They've sent me a lasered bottle. I love a lasered bottle. But otherwise, I'm putting them in unmarked bottles. I'm going, right, bleach it, bleach it, posh here. Can't <laughs> label them up. Right. So then it's like, well, you're sending me sachets and I can't test them in an actual environment because they're not labeled properly. So these ones have been really good. And we're seeing now like these refillable toilet cleaners, because toilet cleaners are costing us a small fortune. Yeah. So who are these? PVA hygiene? Not used yeah, these? So yeah, they're a new potential supplier for the DCBN. So that's why they're sending you some, some nice little things to try out for us. So, okay, let's go back to 2022. So I tell you what we've noticed this winter particularly. 
sickness. Everybody's children are ill. Everybody else is ill. It's like nobody's got an immunity to anything anymore. So what would have been a two day cold is a three week illness now for kids and adults. It's been yeah, our DCBM podcasts have been affected by this, by uh, I was sick for a long time, my door kids were sick. I think what we are seeing the two weeks before Christmas, our business owners were at breaking point. They're going, I've got no yeah. staff in this. And you watched it day by day, ticking down, going, this is getting worse. Each day they were dropping off. And um, we had eight off Christmas week. We had 100% attendance Christmas week. Wow. For the full week. That's unheard of. I don't know what we were bribing them with, but like... we we limped to Friday. We we didn't. I don't think we cancelled any clients, but we limped to Friday. That's for sure. Last week, oh, we we smashed in. We came in strong. We were giving out presents on the Friday. Everybody was in. We were um, unheard wow. of. Brilliant. Yeah, it ebbs and flows, though, doesn't it? But so this brings us on to actually sickness has not been as much of a problem in 2022, but we have seen a rise in something quite scary for business owners. Um. And, and a lot of businesses are seeing almost half their sickness is not physical sickness, but mental health sickness. Yeah. And the DCBN, we're getting a lot of questions about this. Yeah, how to manage it as a business owner. And I think what happens is that the, the sick note comes in or the phone call comes in and it mentions mental health in any way. And it's like panic. I don't know how to deal with this because there's that element I need to look after my staff. Absolutely, of course. But I also need to look after my business and I don't know where I stand. I don't know how to do it. And it's a, a real challenge and particularly for a small business. Well, the, you know, the problem the with mental health, a, a physical illness it's you know it's a week maybe two weeks mental yeah. health is limitless and it's scary for business owners because they want to be supported and they're like well are we going to get over this in a week two weeks do I give you a couple of days off do, do we like what do we do because and because like if somebody was ill a doctor would treat them there's no treatment and so they are saying well I've got this problem which is let's assume it's real in most cases it is real um it's been existing in the past. It's probably going to keep going in the future with no solution. And business owners are stuck yeah. and scared and it's expensive. And the cost of our NHS and our community breaking down is falling to the business owners. Yeah. And I suppose it's falling to lots of different places, isn't it? But the, the, the challenge is that you know 2022, we are talking about it more, which is fantastic we are all much more aware of our own mental health um, and other people's. But as business owners, we're always a little bit stuck in the middle of how do we manage it? How do we put things in place to help our staff? But equally, we've got our own business. We've got the, the, the business that supports other people to worry about as well, haven't we? So it's always that difficult challenge. And, and yeah. business owners' mental health isn't always we have off days like I ran away two weeks ago I was meant to be recording yeah. podcasts with you Diane and you went where were you I was like I disappeared up a mountain because I felt it was the best thing for everyone for me to disappear up a mountain now obviously not everyone deals with it like that but like duvet days might be the equivalent yeah yeah it is and it, is, it affects us all so it's, it's a real I think it's going to be a bit even bigger challenge in 2023 and beyond I think it's going to be a challenge but you know you mentioned a word early when we were chatting before the podcast resilience how do we teach people resilience in order to be able to to you know whether you're a business owner that needs the resilience to, to get through it or actually your team members how can they build some resilience into their lives and I think it's hard because because we talk about it so much which is good and we can express it 
and everybody else is going through it, it almost allows you, you nobody's there, nobody will turn around to you and say, come on, like you haven't got that tough friend who goes, come on, pull your socks up. And business owners aren't going to do it because we are too scared to do it a lot of the time. You're not going to turn around to somebody because you don't know what the consequence is going to be if you say, come on, like, I don't think the right thing is to sell someone to snap out of it. But sometimes it can be. And we are too scared at a low level to intervene. So these people are getting no support until it gets so bad that the the, the NHS will eventually intervene when it's so bad. And it's like we need to know what to do at an early stage and snap out of it is not necessarily the answer. But also, you know, there's that almost treading on eggshells, isn't it? As well, are you coming back to work? And when are you coming? When can I expect you to come back to work? And can we help you come back to work? You're asking all these questions, but not knowing whether you're allowed to ask these questions. And can you stay in contact? How often am I allowed to phone them? Do I phone them daily? Do I phone them once a week? What, you know, what do I do? And, and the sick notes are limitless. That is the hard thing. Yeah. And, and because we know, and we know as, as human beings, there is very little help out there for somebody with mental health issues at the moment. The counselling services are few and far between, you know, so you've really, they've only got their GPs, haven't they, who is, you know, medication and or a sick note. Always yeah. a sick note. That's your help. Yeah. Always a sick note. You need a sick note. <laughs> and, and do you know, and we've had staff who've gone, I've got a sick note, but I don't think that's going to do me any good. I think I'm better off coming into work. And I'm going, what am I supposed to do? You're signed off. Am I yeah. meant to keep you coming into work? They're going, please let me come in. I guess I have a sick note. And I'm like, what do you, and, and as an employer, you're in a no-win situation because as a bigger business, the HR would say, no, you stay off until you've got a fit to work note. But a small business, we go, of course we want you to come in, but am I meant to ignore the fact you've got a sick note? Like, And it wow. is actually meant to be a fit to work note, not it's meant to be a fit note isn't it not a sick note so it's actually meant to say whether you are fit for work but also it, it's meant to say that you could come to work isn't it it's not actually a sick note anymore it's not even called that anymore even it's though we all, still, we all still call it that I, th- I know there's a fit to work note, but I thought yeah. that was kind of going back do we have no, that's, that's what it is now it's not actually a sick note but I know that doctors treat do it as a sick note and that's it's signed off but they're actually meant to put things on that you could work so for instance if somebody um can't drive that might mean that they can't work at all but they could actually get a lift into work and do some office work or something so yeah it's meant to be but the reality is they just treat it as a sick note and they people get signed off don't they you know what i think we need i'm going to go off piece here you love it when i do this don't you <laughs> i think we need some guidelines because it feels like we're all in the dark i think i think diane do you think it's time for some guidelines do you think dcbn should write some guidelines what in terms of dealing with mental health or dealing with sickness sick well sickness with mental health because it's a question that pops up and up and up and up and there are some clear guidelines and we've done um webinars and peninsula have been really supportive on this and it's not as scary i know you and i deal with it on a regular basis and we we are supportive wherever possible but there has to be clear guidelines um and i think i definitely know staff if i say look if you stay off a further week you that's where the sickness will end they come back and they're happier and they get the support network back around them very very rarely is it is it a negative thing so but too many small business owners are too scared yeah well they're scared to do the wrong thing aren't they they're scared to get sued they're scared that you know that's gonna come back on them in some way yeah 
anyway anyway that's okay. so we that's need to keep, keep some guidelines together okay let's go back to 2023 and what we think might come again what do you think do you think the rise i mean i see it a lot in the groups there's a lot of cash and hand cleaners out there that's that's how people term them i'm not saying it's the the right terms do we think that's a threat to the industry in 2023 so i've been banned from using black market cleaners haven't i <laughs> Cash economy. Yeah. <laughs> Cash economy. Okay. So, I mean, they've existed forever. Um, I've never really worried about them um, because on an individual basis, only my own cleaning business, <clears throat> because they all, they all exist. And if they're good, then they can only really take on 10, maybe 20 customers. But the reality is they're, they're not doing it full time and they're probably not going to be a cash and hand cleaner. So they take on 10 customers. Well, take them on and then you're full and then you disappear from my radar. And then if they're not good, then they'll lurk around a bit longer on the social media groups, kind of in my local ones, annoying me a bit longer, but they're not good. They get a not great reputation and they just last a bit longer, but they'll all disappear eventually. If they're no good, it's not going to work out for them because they get cancellations and they're empty and they're not making enough money. So the cash in hand economy exists. Um, does it irritate me? Yes. Um I mean, the DCBM was set up to support people as they want to move away from the cash in hand economy because it was very hard to know what to do next. So I can't say they annoy me too much because they, they're the people listening to us. So hi, guys. Yeah. The reality is they've always been there in the industry and certainly in times of recession. And, you know, if we are coming to a recession, certainly some things are going to be recessed, then actually there could be more people seeking out being cash and hand cleaners. But it conversely, it also gets easier to recruit when they realise actually they don't want to be cash and hand cleaners. They'd rather um, have a, a paid job with holiday pay and things like that. So in some ways, I think it can feed the industry recruitment wise. Yeah, I've got to say, I tend to find they do it for sort of two, three months, realise it's really hard. And, you know, at best, you're working if you're not advertising, which they're not because they don't want to. You're working sort of two days a week and you only have to go sick and you don't get paid. And, you know, someone goes on holiday and you don't get paid. And, you know, there's a lot of downsides. And and if you go legitimate, if you even if you want to be self-employed doing it, then you've got contracts to protect you and all of this. And then if you don't want to do that, come work for come and work for me, guys. Yeah, well, I always say that in my local groups. If I see somebody advertising for very little money, I say, come and work for me, I'll pay you more. <laughs> so and they do. So I don't really know what to say. What do you think about cash and hand cleans? They're they're just going to be there aren't they i think they've just always been there and and because i started my business literally as the banks were collapsing in 2008 I, it doesn't phase me at all because so many people started at the same time as me but yeah they they, they come and go so interestingly so obviously i've been doing some research with a lot of cleaning business owners about regulations um and they want <laughs> interest some want the industry to be more regulated in order to stamp out some of the uh, cash in hand economy they want it more regulated they want to improve standards in the industry now interestingly when I say right who's funding that then what courses do you want to have provided in force so that you have to pay with them they're like oh oh not keen on that all of a sudden so mm, it's interesting actually the more I'm sort of into giving them right this could be a reality we can start pushing this this could happen do you want this the steps that would happen ooh, there seems to be mixed reviews on that when we actually push a bit harder it's difficult isn't it and we've always had to take the tack as the dcbn that we have to train the business owners so that they can train their team but the industry as a whole needs better quality training 
Yes, I am so thrilled. Bix has released a course um, for the operative, so not the cleaning business owner, uh, which we've always focused on. It's for the operative, how to clean safely. It needs to be a basic, absolute basic. You know, this is like the food hygiene certificate for the cleaning industry. And it's nice that such a recognized authority in the industry have brought it out. Plus, we worked hard on that, didn't we, Diane? Yeah, we, we, we had quite a bit of input on that didn't we? <laughs> to make it happen and to make sure that it was right. But that they did recognise as well, Bix and, and the team there who are, who are brilliant. They did recognise that the domestic industry is different and that operatives need different training. And that was a big step. Well, I mean, they've existed for how long? I don't even know. But let's say like they must have existed for like 100 years or something. Maybe not. Um. But it's the first time any of the big trainers, I mean, we're now being inundated with cleaning products. Three years ago, they wouldn't even talk to us because domestic cleaners were me alone with my bo- bucket. So yeah. you know, chemical suppliers really... are literally queuing up now to send us samples because they want to become partners. We don't actually ask them to send us samples. It's just like we want you to try it and then we can become a partner because that's yeah, they see that the. the the benefit and the potential in the domestic cleaning market and they're starting to realize what a big industry is you know we've always known how big it can be but it's it's just been ignored for so long that we're we're finally gaining that traction aren't we ignored or do you think it's been invisible because I don't think it's been ignored so much as it's been invisible it's been unmeasurable it's been um you know it's not that they ignored it consciously no, you're right. I think it's not because it's never been measured. I mean, even the British Cleaning Council, who do me- try and measure the industry, have not been able to measure the domestic side of the industry in any meaningful way in terms of their statistics. They've got some statistics, but there's there's no sort of big report is there on, on our industry because, it, like you say, it's mostly invisible. Yeah. And it's hard for us as well. And, and I think it's quite hard to measure because like I've definitely noticed in the DCBM, if a cleaning business is in it three years later, they are doing well. There is a, is it a turnover turbulence. People, um, we've talked about this, you get to a certain size and it gets hard. So, yeah, but we, we talked about the emotional roller coaster, aren't we, that you go through as, you, as, you, as, you, as, you, as you're growing your business. So, so do we think 2023 is going to be a positive year for the industry? Are there going to be some, there's going to, definitely going to be outside things happening? You know, we've got war in Europe at the moment in Ukraine. You know, is there going to be some out, external things that will affect the industry? And should we worry about them? Um, I think more and more external things as we become a more and more global com- a country, company, world, um, then the more and more things are going to affect us. I think it's impossible. And we've seen just one thing after another. I don't see that stopping. Um, I'd like it to. I'd like to get lovely and stable like our parents' generation that had a lovely, stable career for life. You know, it's going to be hard. It's going to be turbulent. But the cleaning industry booms in pretty much any market in any economy in any country in any part of the country in any somehow no matter what happens I mean I struggled badly in COVID because we closed whole another story Uh, but at the same time where we were shrinking because we were closed uh, there were companies that were rising up and booming so as a cleaning industry can't see that we're gonna I can't see that we're gonna struggle no, and I think our biggest advantage, um, a bit like hairdressers and places where you get your nails done and anything where you physically have to be somewhere, we can't do our work from home. <laughs> we can't do our work remotely. We have to travel to go physically do the work. So that that's actually a big advantage. 
I think um, the one thing I would like to see, which hasn't happened for a long time, is some technological ad advances. Um, I mean, the best we've had is robot vacuums and they're being extensively used in hotels, uh, but still it's hard to use them in houses. Um, yeah. If people have their own, that's great, but they still, that's going around every night and then we're topping it up. So I'd like to see more of that. Vacuuming's backbreaking, so let's have more of that. Yeah. I don't know what the next advance is. I mean, we've got these electric mops. That's good. Um, maybe sucking some dust out of the air. We have some air filtration that exists already, doesn't it? But not in houses. Mm, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure that the thing is because domestic cleaning is we don't want loads and loads of equipment, do we? We, we need it to be simple and straightforward. And it's probably a benefit because it makes it easier to start the business. But it would be nice to have some little innovations in there. I would love it if robot vacuums could do a good enough job that you could just leave them going while you clean the bathroom. That would be amazing. <laughs> I would like, I mean, I can't see how to clean the bathroom in a better way because it's so fiddly. There's lots of little bits. There's glass, there's bath. I, oh, I don't know. I'd love that. It's always going to be physical, isn't it? It is going to be physical. Um maybe what they called like those skeletons that go on the outside what are they called do you know what i'm talking about we're like no. you put on a robot arm <laughs> like side oh, I see. oh so we could just sit at home and, Exos and no skeleton so because it's physically hard our bodies yeah. are breaking your back hurts your leg hurts yeah. maybe we could have some exoskeletons and maybe that's what we'll see some more support for oh, our maybe. muscles yeah or back braces that's what we need <laughs> that's what we need, back braces. <laughs> maybe yeah we're all going to be robots ourselves yeah, so. it's our prediction for 2023 we're all gonna we're all gonna, we all need robots that's basically what we need no, we are robots they're exoskeletons that's what i'm going for i can't see that happening in 2023 so basically it's still going to be difficult to recruit yeah um, it's the demand is still going to be pretty high i think because Massive we've got a new generation coming through driving it cost of living crisis or not the demand is still going to be relatively high maybe it might change i think we're going to see prices rocket but yeah that's definitely i think prices are going to rocket and i think we need to learn as an industry to sell at that at the right price um it's a i know it's a big driver in the dcbn is teaching people not just that they should be selling at that price but how to actually do it because yeah costs are not going to go down again and teaching people how to sell value. So not sell the price, sell the value, because yeah. that's what they're doing. They're going, well, I'm this price. Oh my gosh, you want to pay? It's like, yeah, but we shouldn't even be talking about the price. We should be telling about the value of your service. Yeah. And it's getting easier. People really see the value. So, yeah. And again, I think this is a new generation coming through who value the not having to do things and they'll pay other people to do it for them. And, and they're willing and they accept the value of that. Yeah, not having to do things, I think is wrongly putting it, specialising in, in each of our different areas. So they will specialise in whatever their job is and they know that we specialise in ours and they know it's good value for money if we're doing it rather than them. And they respect that. They respect the people delivering that service in a, in a different way to perhaps previous generations. We shall see. Thanks, Thanks Louise. That was a, a different one. <laughs> <laughs> My exoskeleton came out of nowhere. Didn't that, was, that was a bit random. Maybe we'll have to uh, go into that in more detail in another podcast. Thank you very much. I'll speak to you soon.